1: ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 260 of the co-op podcast i am your host rich billy jr and today i'm joined by mr gary h wavy how's it going gary
2: it's going very good thanks and it's great to be back how you doing rich
1: doing doing pretty good and i also must say it is great to be back i do apologize for the short hiatus that we had but um There wasn't a lot going on news wise we did have a couple of personal things that we had going on that we needed a little bit of a break but we are back for the long haul so glad to be back um we're also joined by mr jake
0: james lugo how's it going mr lugo I'm doing good, Rich. A lot of stuff's been going down. Even though we've been in a break somewhat for, with the show, we've been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. We've been posting up a lot of content and everything else that's been going down because there's been a lot happening in gaming lately, some of which we're going to discuss
1: today, so I'm excited. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So, um, yeah, as was already mentioned, there was a lot of news that happened this week. It's like it was news pretty much every every single day. Uh, before we get into that though We're going to let you all know what we have been playing Because we have been playing some games So Mr. Lugo how about you go first And let us know what you've been playing
0: So, I've been playing a lot. I've been playing a lot of different games, you know, even before we took our break and after. uh, There's a lot of reviews up on thecoalition.com right now that you guys could check out. A bunch of different games. There's a wide variety of stuff that I've been playing. I've been playing Octopath Traveler, which we are going to have a review on the website at some point. But again, this game is very long and it's very meaty. So, a lot of other places that reviewed the game were able to get it really, really early before release. So, it, it took them a while and even then a lot of them or the majority of them I should say didn't really finish the game or didn't really kind of get as much in depth as they, as they should have but uh, we're going to have that at some point but the reviews we have up now we have Forsaken Remastered which I played on Xbox One which was pretty interesting because I have the original Forsaken 64 on N64 which apparently was based on a PC game which I didn't know for like the longest time so that, I thought that was pretty cool uh, Mother Gunship I reviewed that on The Coalition on PlayStation 4 and also the Mega Man X Legacy Collection that you guys could find right now all on the website so i've been busy i've been really hauling ass as far as like you know playing games and putting out content and stuff so that's what i've been up to
1: sounds good absolutely um and uh how about you gary what have you been playing
2: oh well there's only one game i've really been playing over the past two weeks and that's overwatch and um that's because I was actually at the Overwatch League as well so um, yeah uh, that's like the only thing I have to report and um, since you know I'm bringing it up I might as well talk about that so the Overwatch League grand finals took place at the Barclays in in New York Brooklyn like everyone knows and um, I can't remember the, 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 the exact attendance for that arena but it was full like it was a sold out audience that you know actually watched overwatch league and it was it took place across two days like a friday and a saturday and you know both days were pretty packed and um the two teams that were actually in the finals were philadelphia fusion and london spitfire and i guess because philly was like so close there was a lot of philly fans there i remember on the first night like i was sitting by a bunch of like hardcore philly fans and for the most part, like, I try to be neutral because I enjoy just watching, you know, all these incredible players, like, play and everything. But I-, I couldn't help but, you know, cheer for the London Spitfire because it is, you know, London, and it's, like, kind of where I'm from and everything. So I was kind of ruined for them, and they did actually come through and dominate. Uh, the-, the the first match, which took place on the Friday, was uh, it was a lot closer and a lot more intense, Um, London actually ended up winning that series Uh, and the way that the finals work is like there's uh, one series is basically five maps so like you know it's the best of five maps so if a team wins three maps then they win that series so there was one series on that Friday and then on the the second day there was there was, there, there was the potential of there being two series but Uh, London Spitfire dominated that first series on on the Saturday, which meant they won the Grand Finals completely. Um, So they became the first team to win the Overwatch League, and it was pretty incredible to watch. Um, The stage was incredible. Uh, They had Jeff Kaplan there, which is the creator of the game. Uh, All the hosts were there, including Malik Forte, which I interviewed, and DJ Khaled actually performed on uh the second day on the Saturday which was cool but uh, I don't think a lot of people were too thrilled about him being there and it got a bit awkward because not everyone knew the the lyrics to his songs and everything but but yeah um i guess it's cool that they have the the budget to you know afford an artist of that caliber and everything like that um, so after that experience i have to say that like i think esports could potentially be the future of the gaming industry or a big part of it at least like because just seeing that in person it's like wow like it, you 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 kind of get a feeling of how far the gaming industry has come to where players can play for one million dollars you know um, of course it's a team of six so that gets split and everything but the, the potential is definitely there if you know uh blizzard can afford to 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 rent out the the barclays and fill it up you know with people and they, like these weren't just casual people either like the people i was uh talking with and the people i was sitting next to they knew the game like they were actually hardcore overwatch fans so everybody there knew their stuff and they traveled from all around the country or. From other countries to actually come and watch The grand finals so That's a big deal so I think esports you know it's good it's definitely Going to become a huge part Of of video games in the future Um, It already kind of is but Like I see it becoming a Pivotal part of the gaming industry Um, And also that uh, The first day was broadcast On ESPN and The main ESPN Uh, The second day I believe it was on ESPN 3 but the first day was on uh, the, the regular ESPN, which is pretty crazy as well. So, yeah, Overwatch League. Uh, that was the, the, the very first one. Uh, there's going to be another one next year. Uh, and they're doing a, a few more things this year, like the World Cup and the All-Star Game. But, um, yeah, uh, that's like seven months of Overwatch League. And it's been pretty incredible to follow. But, Sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, shouts to uh, Tatiana as well because she's the the reason I was kind of there. So yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I do know, as you said before, that was quite a long trip from uh, London to LA for E3. So um, obviously the trip to New York was a little bit shorter. But uh, glad that you had a good time. Yeah.
2: Yeah, man. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was definitely a unique experience. Like, uh, I never thought I would see anything like that in my lifetime. So, yeah, it's cool. Cool, cool.
1: All right, so, as for me, what I have been playing, there's really only two games that I have had a chance to spend some time with. Uh, the Banner Saga 3, which I actually just completed recently, and I have a review coming for that. Um, if you played the first Banner Saga, You have a pretty good idea of what to expect with the third game. There are a few changes to a few refinements to the formula, but overall it's still a great solid game. Um, turn based strategy. So the the art style is is beautiful. The animations are fantastic. So yeah, the game has a lot to offer, but again, this particular sequel, because it is the third one, it's, it feels like it's a lot shorter. Like, you know, you're able to complete the game in about maybe six to eight hours depending how fast you get through uh actually meeting your opponents. But um it's a very good game. Just uh it's a lot to um you know, you gotta be into these types of games. I wouldn't say it's a game for, for everybody, but it's it's a fun game if you like turn based uh, RPGs, definitely worth checking out. Um and the other game that I have been playing, which I will have a review for next week, it's a game called State of Mind. Um it's made by Didalek. Entertainment. Uh, this is a game that I, you know, when we went to E3 I heard a lot of people talking about this game so I wanted to figure out why that was because there's nothing but high praise for the game um, It's very very hard to describe what the game is You know, I, I would just say, just to give a brief synopsis uh, there's It's about a character that gets into a car accident at the beginning of the game and he actually starts to lose his memory doesn't know where his wife is, doesn't know where his kid is. And you're basically going through these different, uh, you know, as you progress throughout the game, you start to gain your memory back. To you know, you find out what happened, the kind of life that you led. Uh, and essentially, yeah, what's going on, why your wife isn't there, why your son isn't there. So it's a lot more to it than that, obviously. But because it's a narrative driven game, uh, I don't really want to give away any potential spoilers because I do think it's a game people definitely need to play to really experience and understand what it's all about. But um, I will have a review for that on Monday because that's when the embargo lifts and the game is out on Tuesday. So um, I'll have a lot more to say by then, but I can just say what I've played so far. It's a unique type of game. Um, very interesting subject matter. And if you are a fan of Black Mirror... TV show, Uh, there is some stuff in there that also plays along those lines as well, but uh, that's all I'm going to say for right now. Stay tuned for my thoughts uh, on Monday to get more of an idea of what this game is all about. But um, yeah, I mean, that pretty much includes what we have been playing. Uh, There are a couple other games that I will be getting hands on and I'll be talking about next week. That includes We Happy Few because that's out today. Madden NFL 19 is also out today. Um, so yeah, there'll be quite a bit that I'll be talking about from here on because I do intend to play a lot of these games. So stay tuned for that. So um, we're going to go there. and we're going to jump right into the news because, yeah, this there was a lot of news that went down this week, you know, pretty much uh, across the board. So the first thing we need to address, and I'm actually going to give microphone to Mr. Lugo on this one. We have to talk about this situation that happened with uh, IGN and the plagiarism stuff that we've known about since earlier this week. So, JJ, can you please give us an overview of the situation um, for those that aren't aware of it?
0: okay yeah sure i'm pretty sure most of the people that listen to this or are listening now live with us probably know exactly what we're talking about but as a refresher basically uh not too long ago everybody started posting up their reviews for a game called dead cells on nintendo switch and i think it's also on other platforms as well uh one uh review that was posted up on youtube by a uh, youtube channel boomstick gaming uh he actually got a copy of the game was able to review it post up his review then about a week or so later i want to say or sometime afterwards uh ign posted up their written and their video review of Dead Cells. Now, Boomstick Gaming, the guy who runs Boomstick Gaming, he's a big fan of IGN. He's, a, he's followed them for many, many years. And when he saw their review of Dead Cells, he noticed that it was eerily familiar Uh, to a lot of stuff that he had posted up and he started going through both reviews and more specifically being a little bit more scrutinizing of the IGN review. And he found that pretty much all of his review that he had did in his own YouTube video was copied and then somewhat modified and used as both the written and the video review on IGN.com. So obviously that's plagiarism. That's a very big deal. That's a very big no, no in our industry and any sort of industry where journalism is involved, where a creative, uh, creative, uh, product is involved because plagiarism basically is just taking somebody else's work and their, their thoughts and their, whatever that their, their services are that they're putting out there into the world. You're taking that and using it as your own and saying that it's your own stuff. And that's not, uh, that's not a good thing. So, uh, as opposed to wilding out about it, which he had every right to do so, he asked the internet and went to Reddit, I believe, and asked everybody about what was going on, like, what what should he do? Like, what are the steps that he should take? And as everybody started looking at it, and it started gaining traction and stuff, uh, it got the attention of people at IGN. Now, let me be fully transparent here. With what I'm saying, you know, so that way, you know, when we get into the more our opinion stuff about it, that we can make things perfectly clear. I freelance for IGN. I have freelance in the past. I've written reviews for IGN in the past. Uh, You could go find it now on the Internet right now. So I understand the process of like what goes on over there. But I also know some of the individuals that are over there that are involved when it comes to making IGN reviews. That being said, though, okay. this got the attention of the people over there at IGN and they decided to not only take the review down both the written and the video review and they did an internal investigation. This all happened within the span of like I want to say about like maybe 9 to 12 hours give or take because I know the very next day like you know because a lot of this happened early in the morning the very next day IGN came out with a statement saying that they had parted ways with the person that did the, re- the review on IGN, which was Philip Mewson, who was the Nintendo voice chat host and a Nintendo editor that they had recently hired over at IGN. Uh, they basically fired him for, for lack of a better phrase to be blunt about it. And they apologized to Boomstick gaming. They apologize to their fans, to the viewers that, that follow their concepts of rightfully. So. And I think they handled this with a lot of class. Um, and then afterwards, you know, there was, a, you know, more discussion about it. Every major outlet that we know picked it up because it is IGN because it's such a big deal. You know, plagiarism in our industry, uh, you know, so Polygon, Kotaku, ja- uh, was it Rock, Paper, Shotgun? Even the BBC actually covered this and it was a big deal. But before I give more of my opinion and stuff, I'm curious of what your guys' thoughts are knowing all this stuff. And then I'll kind of dive into where I stand on this. You
2: want
1: to go first, Gary?
2: um yeah dude i I don't know what the guy was thinking to just straight up plagiarize a review like that like i don't know like he basically just ruined his career in journalism like nowhere is gonna hire him now um and you know that considering you were at like the, the the top of the pile in terms of video game websites it's like why wouldn't you just like you know put the work in and come up with an actual review like why would you even try to do that and think that you wouldn't get found out or anything like that so yeah i don't know what he was thinking he definitely made the right the the wrong move there um as for ign uh i think they did what they needed to do because they were getting a lot of bad publicity from this so you know making the decision to fire him was probably the right one from their perspective You know, because it shows that they're taking action and that they're separating themselves from that. And you know, that's not really what they're about. Um, So, yeah, I I guess they did the right thing in that situation. Um, I do want to say that the guy that that you know had his work copied, he was really cool about it because he was saying that he didn't actually want the guy to get fired, but he did want to bring awareness to the situation and the fact that you know his work was stolen and everything. And uh I think that's really cool with him, you know. Um But yeah, I mean, th- this probably happens more than it should in, in journalism and the gaming industry and everything. Um, and I'm sure a lot of times it doesn't even get found out. You know, people probably don't even notice sometimes. So I, I think this probably happens a lot and, you know, we just don't realize. So uh, it's good that this has happened so that people will start to be more careful about these things and they probably hopefully they won't repeat the same mistakes
1: yeah i i agree about that um first and foremost yeah it's a very unfortunate situation for it to happen it definitely shouldn't have happened i think the ign handled the situation correctly by um making sure that they investigated the situation. You saw that, yes, this is, there's some valid points here, so we have to take down the review, and of course, deciding to part ways with the guy involved. Now, um, I do think, as Gary said, it's this stuff has happened in the industry, well, it's happened before. There's a lot of things that have happened in the industry that are uh, very controversial overall, but uh, this particular situation and the amount of attention that IGN got behind it, it's very, very bad. Uh, I know one thing I will say About IGN that I have noticed uh, There have been a, quite a bit of changes there uh, Ever since There were things that happened there with the allegations That took place there not too long ago And then there are a lot of people leaving IGN uh, Some obviously Getting other opportunities and then others For you know I guess Undisclosed uh, Reasons things that we don't really know about So there's a lot That's going on at IGN right now that That's what I do notice Uh, So when this situation happened, I know that this is not good good for them because there's been so many things that have been happening over there that make people question what's really going on. So stay on topic with this, though. Um, I am glad that Boomstick Gaming, you know, did reach out. I am glad that IGN chose to correct this situation with him immediately. Uh, i'm curious to to know what they're gonna do obviously they're going to be looking for a new nintendo editor now so i would assume that they are going to be looking to fill that position as soon as possible but um I, I, I just i do hope that they have made amends with the actual youtuber um i did hear that they did compensate him the views from the video i don't know if that information is accurate um i but, can speak to that i can speak
0: to that afterwards when you're done but okay yeah, sorry Oh, no, no, no. Okay, cool.
1: But no, I I, I mean, I, I just think I'm glad the way they handled it. And I know they had the video that Brian Altano did afterward explaining to people once again. I think they handled that all perfectly well. I One thing I didn't really understand and like, though, is a lot of people went after IGN as an outlet because uh, it's like it wasn't all of their faults that this situation happened. Obviously, they need to really pinpoint and understand it was the guy who was working for them that did this. But I don't like the fact that people went after IGN, but I, I do, I do know that, you know, I guess, uh, whenever they, as an employer decides to hire somebody, you have to do the research to make sure, I guess, this person is somebody that is going to be able to do the job correctly, that, you know, you don't have to question certain ways in which they handle business. But again, I just think it's an unfortunate situation, um, with dead cells. I know that that that, that uh, Twin Motion, I believe it's Motion Twin, the company that developed the game. They got a lot of attention behind this. A lot of people have been picking up the game. The game has been getting good reviews from a lot of websites. So it is at least good that the game is getting good attention. But this situation with IGN is not a. Uh, it was an unfortunate case. Uh, I do agree with what Gary said. I don't believe that Philip will be able to get any of the jobs, especially in gaming journalism. Maybe he can do something else outside of that, but, uh, just a really bad, bad way to, uh, leave a bad impression on your career. So, unfortunate for him, but again, IGN, I think they handled the situation correctly. Yeah, that's, that's all I was gonna say on the matter.
0: So yeah, I guess then let me give my opinion overall because I think out of the three of us here, I think I'm the one that could speak the most about IGN just in general. You know, and, and again, you know, my biasness a little bit aside, and it's not even really biasness, but again, even being transparent as someone that freelances for them. And has done work with them in the past and understands the process of reviews. Because again, I did a review for Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 and I went through the exact same process that everybody does when it comes to posting up an IGN review. I did the, both the video stuff and I did the written stuff, which again is a lot of work. You know, I don't think a lot of people really understand how much work it is and how much of a high standard the people over there uh, hold themselves to, you know, as, as a company, as, as a, as an entity and stuff, because a lot of people get caught up on the spectacle that social media puts out about IGN or about larger outlets in general one of the things that like you spoke to before that people again it's amazing how I everybody was coming at IGN's throat because a lot of people look at IGN as like oh it's the it's the brand it's the company that's plagiarizing this small YouTuber and that should not be the case even though you know a lot of people are ignorant to the fact that it was one person that was doing this review not the entirety of the staff over there and I feel bad For a lot of the editors that are over there, again, besides me knowing them, you know, guys like Dan Stapleton, who's the reviews editor of IGN, that actually edits everybody's reviews, and and also Tina, who just got hired, who pretty much oversees a lot of the editorial stuff that goes on over there. You can't expect these people to pay attention to every single YouTube video that's out there on the internet, and it's very hard to catch plagiarism off of someone that, Pretty much transcribed somebody else's video. There's like no way to really look for that. I'm pretty sure not now people are going to be looking for ways, you know, to better spot these things. And I think it's inevitable like that, but I don't think you could put blame on anybody else at IGN other than Philip Mewson and shame on him because he should know better because he was a YouTuber before he got hired at IGN. He did a lot of YouTube stuff over, uh what is it, uh, on his channel, a lot of Nintendo-related content and other gaming-related stuff. But I have no sympathy for him, honestly, and I and I know it's very, very brash to say that. And it's very, some people might say it's rude, but let's let's kind of, you know, add another detail onto here, which I'm pretty sure you guys didn't know about, but I read the Jason Schreier news post that got updated shortly after all the statement stuff came out. Apparently, this isn't the first time that he plagiarized. He actually plagiarized, I believe it was a Nintendo Life review based on FIFA, or at least the FIFA of that year, for one of his YouTube videos. He basically just lifted pretty much everything from that review, and then just put it into video form like that, which to me you know, multiple times that you're plagiarizing, you know, that's stupid, stupid beyond belief, but super shame on you for that because you should know better. You should know better because it's bad enough and it's hard enough to get to a, a point where you're working for such a large outlet like IGN that, that a lot of people, myself included, really struggle for and sometimes don't get the opportunities that we re- we really wish and we really hope that we're able to do so in order to get to that position. And you just basically just threw that away and, and, and in a careless way, in a careless fashion. And not only that, drug uh, was it dragged down the entire outlet with you for your stupidity. Because I'll tell you exactly what I feel happened. He probably got overwhelmed with the workload. He probably got overwhelmed with the deadlines over there. You know, trying to do stuff. And decided that, oh, because this is such a small YouTube channel. Or probably this is from an outward source that nobody's going to notice and stuff. And he ended up copying most of the stuff that Boomstick Gaming did. Thinking that he was going everything was going to be totally fine and he could just move on from there. Keep in mind, this was the Nintendo editor and the host of NBC. I mean, like, you're being put out there by the outlet you know, as a face of the company. So like everything that you do gets scrutinized in some way and gets looked at a much more detailed and much more kind of like intricate way than most other people. So any little thing that you do, even if you're not doing anything wrong, is going to be called out or just going to be looked at with a magnifying glass. So- why somebody would go to the point of wanting to plagiarize or feeling the need to plagiarize somebody else's work at this high level is beyond me because I wouldn't think of something like that. And I, and again, I could speak to having been put in a position where there's pressure on having gone through that process and done a review for IGN and not just for IGN, but even for us but even for other outlets I've worked together with stuff that I've done freelance for you know the pressure is always there but really what separates the the adults from the children is how you handle that pressure and the decisions that you make and at that point if myself or any other people that that have really kind of like you know have a lot of reverence for being in those types of positions and doing this type of work. We're given the same type of choice. We would have rather just gone into work the next day and told our boss, Hey, listen, I'm a little overwhelmed. I can't do this stuff right now. I don't think we're going to make the deadline and take the hit there rather than actually lose your job and make the entire outlet look like crap. You know, I I get very passionate about this stuff because I think it's just amazing to me that, that people can make decisions like that and totally just, you know, uh, again, just be so careless It's just just a real shame. And again, I have no sympathy for Philip Mewson because he's done this multiple times. And I feel bad for the other person that he plagiarized too because clearly that went without being noticed for like years. You know, when Jason Schreier actually put that out there on the update on the Kotaku article, uh, that guy got really pissed off, deservedly so. And it was just another example of something that just completely got ignored for many, many years. You know, had this not actually happened, that guy would have never found out that his work was also plagiarized and he would have never gotten the credit, you know, that he'd so deserved. I mean, again, it's really uh, pretty bad overall. Uh, I think that IGN handles everything right. They had no choice but to fire him because you can only imagine what everybody's reaction would have been if they would have kept him on staff. You know, it's already bad enough that you're making the entire outlet look bad, but then they're going to go beyond even further and give an impression that plagiarism would be okay. I don't think that was ever in the cards. I think that once the video came out from Boomstick Gaming showing what had gone down and everybody's immediate reaction to that, I'm pretty sure most of the people over there like Dan, like Sam, uh, Clayborne, like Tina, and some of the other people, Pear, Pear Schneider, who's one of the co-founders at IGN, I'm pretty sure most of them already kind of like understood where they stood. You know, it's just a damn shame for them. And I feel bad for them having to be put in that position because they did nothing wrong. And yet they still have to take the heat for somebody else's poor mistake and poor choices, which again, it shouldn't even be called a mistake. It's a very, very poor choice, but. Either way, that's where I stand on it. You know, good riddance in that regard. It just, again, I I get a little heated also because it also makes it harder and makes it more difficult and makes the the outlet IGN specifically more scrutinizing uh, towards people that wouldn't do something like that. And they want to work for that outlet, but it makes it tougher on them to try to get break into the industry or break into that upper echelon like that. But that's where I stand on the matter.
1: That that that's actually what I was just about to ask, if you think now because of this whole thing that happened with this guy, Oh, absolutely.
0: Doesn't... Absolutely. I honestly, honest to God, I think it's it's uh it's uh inevitable. I think it's also Again, not to speculate what everybody over there is thinking, but I think it's common sense to think that anybody over there working for any company would be a little bit more cautious and more scrutinizing with working with newer people coming in, especially after this is so fresh, but also specifically with people that are really started on YouTube because... You know, you. I always see a lot of people online and a lot of other different places always saying certain things or another about YouTubers when they're working for some of these big outlets or just outlets in general that isn't just the typical independent content creator. You know, the someone that actually has a nine to five job working for a major outlet talking about video games or talking about entertainment and stuff. There's always that stereotype. There's always that rift there. And this things like this make it so much more worse because forgetting about the fact that his career is done, like I think we could all pretty much agree that his career is done because once you do plagiarism, especially multiple times, nobody will hire you, especially in a a journalism based or a lot of writing based and a lot of, you know, content creation based uh, jobs out there. They want nothing to do with that because what's to stop you from doing it again? Because clearly you've done it multiple times. But also, like I said, it makes it harder for all the other people that wouldn't do something like that, that just happen to be cut from the same cloth because they probably started on YouTube and stuff. What's to the stop these outlets from being more scrutinizing to them or making them much more tougher on them and, and kind of like holding everybody to a much more higher standard, even though the standards are very high, but overly done so. Like, I think that sucks. That, again, that just makes it more worse for everybody else that wants to get into this type of field.
1: I agree. Absolutely. 100%. Do you have any other thoughts you want to say, uh, Gary?
2: No, JJ went in. He said everything.
0: (laughs) It's the truth. Uh, And again, like I said, it it might be just my opinion. And again, take it for what you will for me being transparent and stuff. But I think that stuff like this, it's bad enough. You know, it's hard enough breaking into the industry for a lot of people like myself, like you guys and everybody else that we know that that are friends of the show, friends of the website and stuff. But things like this make it much more tougher and really kind of, you know, we we go a couple steps forward and it's this things like this brings us 10 steps back and
1: it sucks. Absolutely,
2: I agree 100% we, like, One thing I can say is We kind of uh, had A similar issue to this in the past Like way back in the past Like maybe around uh, Seven to eight years ago or something uh, One of our contributors Actually kind of um, he, he did change it a little bit though like But he uh, kind of copied a review From another site and then like He kind of dressed it up and changed some things You know, changed some wording And stuff like that and uh yeah, yeah, you know, we we unpublished that review and then you know he he wasn't really writing for us after that yeah,
0: so. yeah, that 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 always sucks and i, I didn't know that but but th- that really sucks but also i think that this one with ign though is the most blatant and the most kind of like in your face at such a high uh at such a major outlet and that i think that's why so many places like covered it in the way they did besides it being ign but it was just like so blunt like that because i've never heard before again all the stories that you might hear about plagiarism and stuff you never really heard about it blowing up like this big
1: that's true yeah well yes a very 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 unprofessional bad move and uh, yeah again I believe IGN handled it correctly so hopefully we will see what the future holds for them I mean yeah we'll just have to see what happens but uh, any final thoughts before we move on to uh next topic?
0: No, I'm good. I think I've spoken up on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so let's move on to now another big topic from this week. Obviously, yesterday, Rockstar released the uh, official gameplay trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, trailer lasted over six minutes long, which I was very surprised about, actually. Uh, We got a very good idea uh, I guess you could say uh, Introductory view As to what we can expect from Red Dead Redemption 2 So I wanted to get you guys Impressions on the trailer And I'm actually going to start with you first Gary Since uh, I know that you are very much looking forward To Red Dead Redemption 2
2: Oh my bad Yeah um, I mean I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hyped for it or anything, but I know Rockstar represents quality, you know, all the time. Like all their games are super polished, and they're all enjoyable and fun experiences, you know, um, in some way. So um, I was, you know, I wasn't hyped, but I was interested in seeing what they were gonna pull off, you know, with with this next game because this is actually like their first, uh, you know, next gen game because GTA Five was actually developed with the ps3 and xbox 360 in mind and then it was of course upgraded to ps4 and xbox one and pc but um yeah this is actually their first iteration in in this new generation so uh it's it's made from the ground up for on you know next gen technology and everything so I i was interested because of that because i know that rockstar is one of the publishers that You know, they always fully polish their game. They don't, you know, they don't uh, put out games that have a a ton of bugs and then patch it the week, you know, the day it comes out and stuff like that. You know, that that's not really what they're about. Um, So yeah, I was interested in seeing how they would push the boundaries when it comes to the technology and of uh, next gen consoles and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And just by seeing that trailer, I can tell this game looks super polished. Um, and you know, it looks amazing visually. And I like some of the things that they're, they're doing with the, the camps and everything. Um, the fact that you have your own gang and your camp can move around to different locations and you kind of have to nurture your, your camp and everything. You have to get supplies and you have to do different things to, to, to keep the, the gang happy and everything like that. I think that that adds a cool element to it. And it, it, it's, it's going to force you to go out and explore and do all the side stuff. Um, I was kind of getting Fallout 4 vibes from it a bit. Just the fact that, you know, you have to kind of upgrade your your gang and everything and do all these different things to nurture it. It's a bit like in Fallout 4 where you have your different settlements and you have to kind of do different things to, you know, build them up and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, so that element of it looks pretty cool. Uh, the shooting, the, the action looks super smooth and everything um, and I know they said they're going to show a lot more in terms of the dead eye and um, you know, just different things that you can do in the game like gang wars and things like that so I'll be keeping an eye on that stuff and I know everybody just wants to see the online and what they're going to do with that and I am quite interested as well in how they're going to approach the online portion of the game but So far it looks pretty cool to me Um, I I definitely will be buying The game Uh, but Yeah I mean it's cool There's not much more I can say It's
1: understood. How about
0: you Mr. Lugo Not much I could really contribute to that Other than what Gary said already I I haven't seen a lot of the more recent Red Dead Redemption 2 stuff but from what I have seen It is going to look very interesting I can't wait to see what everybody's impressions is When the game finally comes out
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only thing that I will add is, um, yeah, I agree that the trailer looks fantastic. Uh, I, I I have to applaud Rockstar because, um, you know, I know that a lot of times I've seen this trend where there is a game that will get announced, and uh, right as soon as it's announced, oh, you can pre-order right now. There's no gameplay now. They will release a video, maybe they'll release a cinematic trailer, but. I don't like when uh, these companies decide to announce a game and then they give you the option to pre-order, but you're not seeing anything to know what you're actually pre-ordering. So I'm glad that they showed as much as they did show in that video, and I think it was time because I mean the game is coming out at the end of October, so I feel like they needed to show something, and they exceeded my expectations because I was expecting maybe a two-minute trailer at the most, not a six-minute trailer. With, with a lot more gameplay footage, a lot more talking of the narrative and stuff like that. So I appreciate the hell out of that. So I have to give them props on that. Um, and as you already said, Gary, they definitely, definitely will have more videos. Uh, they'll, they'll talk about what Red Dead Online is like. So I'm looking forward to that. But but yeah, I have no complaints. I did say after I saw that video, definitely is going to be in the game of the year discussion, I believe. Uh, There's a lot of other games in that discussion as well But I'm very curious to see which game Will be the one at the end of the year When we do our actual picks What will be the the top picks But this game I think is definitely going to be In in the discussion based off of what I've seen So far but we'll see What happens Yes um, Any other thoughts on Red Dead Redemption 2 Before we move on to the next topic
2: not really just you know it's it's likely going to be a game of the year contender but yeah it's one of those games where it's like okay we already know this is going to be an amazing game so it's like i don't need to get hyped for it i just you know want to play it at this point but um yeah yeah i know i
1: know know exactly what you mean i agree i agree okay uh a small topic that i want to mention i don't really know if you guys will have anything to contribute to this uh there was a report that came out earlier this week in which uh they confirmed that that uh Master Chief is gonna be the leading star in the uh Halo uh Showtime series that uh is gonna be going into production early next year. Um, I just wanted to say um, I'm very glad you know, I was very glad to get this news because I know that having beat Halo Five. Uh, I was not a fan of that campaign and the reason why I didn't like the campaign as I said in my review is because Master Chief, he wasn't really featured that much in it, it was all about Spartan Locke for the majority of the game so, and I I, I do know that the next Halo game is going to be focused on Master Chief so that's excellent, but I was glad to hear this as well because I know that this Showtime show has been in development and in talks for a long, long time so I'm glad that now that you're actually going to explore the show, you're actually going to talk about Master Chief. So we'll see how they handle that. But uh any comments that you guys want to make on this news? Or not much Honestly, to Honestly,
0: the only thing I could really say is that you can't really have a Halo show without Master Chief. And I think that I even for the other show, because I know they had a previous Halo live action thing that was on Halo Waypoint, right? That was on Xbox Live yeah. a while back. And it obviously was a big deal when Chief showed up on there and he wasn't really the centerpiece of that show from my understanding i never really saw it in full but uh i think that people that are halo fans want to see the chief so it, that, that's like having a super mario brothers show without super mario like it just it doesn't make sense like that so glad to see glad to hear this news hopefully it's actually good
1: i agree yes yeah you need to have him and that's why i was so angry he wasn't really the focal point of halo 5 but yeah, good to see that they were going to do right with the next Halo game and with the TV show. So looking forward to that. And Gary, did you have anything you want to add?
2: Just give me the Witcher TV show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, with uh, Henry uh, Cavill uh, that would playing the. Be- oh,
2: oh yeah. That would be
1: super dope.
2: What What do you think of Henry Cavill like wanting to be be uh, hey. a?
0: Or power to him. I think that, you know, whoever's making that show might want to consider, like, make giving him a phone call. Or at least... Because, again, you have to think about other stuff with budget and stuff like that. You know, because, obviously, actors and all these other things, they probably got to think about. But, hey, I would say, hey, he's shooting a shot, clearly. So, why not?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: As for, you know, the Halo show, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you gotta have Master Chief. He's the big draw. And everything so you know that that's why people Are going to tune in because they want to see Master Chief um, Do I Think they could do a Halo show Without Master Chief they probably Could if they focused on You know a, a super interesting Story arc from the, the Halo lore that you know People like Reach know and like understand Reach. Yeah like you know um, One of the pivotal points in In the lore that people identify With you know maybe they could do it But that's that master chief is the character that's going to get everyone to tune in like everyone who who's a casual halo fan or hardcore you know he's the one that 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 people all all people are going to tune in to watch so uh, i guess it makes sense
1: absolutely yeah makes sense so we'll see like i said there's no release date as to when the show will actually be on the air all i know is that it goes into produ- to, to production early next year so we'll see how that how that turns out um so another little small news thing to discuss because we never really had a discussion about this and this is something that actually happened this is
0: weird like oh, yes. super weird
1: oh yeah yeah I, i'm very curious to get you guys opinions on this because we never spoke about this but obviously you know at Evo, i believe they showed the new trailer for what is it, Tekken Seven Fighter Pack Two, um, and of course, you know we got an announcement in that trailer that Negan from The Walking Dead is coming to Tekken Seven. Um, so, from what I understand, it is the Negan that is that you know that actually played by um, from the, the actual, show, from the, from actual the show. TV show. Yeah, so that um that's interesting. You know, there was no gameplay and nothing, just the announcement that he's going to be in the game. So. How about you start us off, Mr. Lugo, and let us know what you think, Father? This news.
0: This is weird as hell, and and it's the funny thing is, is like it's it's cool to see such like outlandish like collaboration between different companies, especially with like guest characters and fighting games. Because we thought it was really cool having Spawn and Soul Calibur. This, I think, takes the cake as like the most random guest character in a fighting game, like hands down. Like this, this is like so ridiculous like off the wall that I don't think anything else compares to it at the current moment because Tekken seven was pretty ridiculous with Akuma with uh, geese from the king of fighters and not this for final fantasy 15, which I thought was as ridiculous as they could possibly get. And and it's cool also because keep in mind, along with the Negan announcement, we also got some other Tekken characters that got confirmed that are legacy Tekken characters. So you got Nina, or not Nina, Anna, that's coming to the game as well, and also uh, Lei Wu Long, or Le, yeah, Wei, Lei Wu Long, who's like the parody of Jackie Chan, basically. He wasn't in the, the game beforehand. A lot of people wanted him in there, so we're finally going to get him. But Negan in there is just so random, and it's so off the wall that whatever rules or barriers you thought, could possibly be with a lot of game companies uh getting guest characters or any type of like you know special collaboration going has completely just been shattered i mean between this between simon belmont and stuff being in super smash brothers and and all the other stuff all the other guest characters that have happened over the last like couple years in various franchises it's just gone off the wall and i think we're at a, a good point in time Uh, in gaming specifically, where we are able to do things like this and just get really cool, like, results from it. So a lot of people seem to be excited because it's so out there. There's a lot of uh, Walking Dead fans that I'm pretty sure will check this out. But even then, this only sets up, like, what other crazy things can we expect down the line, whether for Tekken 7 or for any other games. Like, I'm curious to know if we're going to get something as more outrageous than this in Soul Calibur 6 cuz keep in mind that's also Bandai Namco we got The Witcher uh was it Geralt in uh Soul Calibur 6 but can we get a, even more beyond that like it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, no, it absolutely is crazy. And that is a possibility actually. So we'll have to see how that pans out. Uh how about you Gary cuz I know you're a huge Walking Dead fan?
2: Not huge, but um <laughs> yeah, th- this this came from nowhere for me like I, I didn't like you know, I, I didn't see that coming at all and um the when i heard about it cuz i think you were the one that texted me about it and i was like what like that's that's weird but um yeah i mean it is cool that you know we're seeing more and more out of you know unorthodox and you know outside of the box characters enter these fighting games cuz that makes it more fun you know when you can just use all these different random characters from other properties and stuff like that um and i mean this, is, this isn't an announcement that's gonna make me Pick up Tekken, I actually own the game But it's not something that's gonna like Draw me to it and rush to play it Or anything but it's cool to know It's there so like you know next time I do Play the game I'm like oh don't they have Negan now like and I might actually check it out At that point point. Um, And I mean yeah I mean Negan we, we all know he can do some damage You know cause uh, spoiler alert You know what he did to Glenn And them like that that was kind of You know brutal, so I'll be anxious to see what what he actually does in the game
1: Well, yeah, obviously I'm I'm very anxious to see what uh, Lucille does since uh, that is his weapon of choice so we'll see (laughs) Alright, let's uh, move on, we do have a few other topics to get into. Staying on the topic of fighting games, obviously there was some huge Uh, Smash Brothers news this week so Mr. Lugo how about you let us know about this Direct that took place a few days ago
0: so yeah we had the Smash Brothers Direct that uh, happened not too long ago uh, from Nintendo Uh, it was actually yesterday at the time no yeah yesterday or the day before Uh, well, as from the time that we're recording this co-op podcast, uh, big announcements, very, very big announcements, new characters, uh, new options for Smash Brothers Ultimate on Nintendo Switch. We got Simon Belmont and Richter Belmont as playable characters. Very, very big deal. A lot of people have wanted Castlevania representation in Smash Brothers for the longest because Castlevania was, uh, really influential. In the NES's success back in the day—you know—it was a very, very big franchise for a lot of people. Uh, the cool thing about that is that not only we're getting Simon Belmont and Richter Belmont, we're getting a Castlevania stage based on uh, Castlevania One on the NES. We're getting 34 tracks from throughout the entire Castlevania series, and we're getting a new assist trophy from of uh, Alucard from Castlevania Symphony of the Night or Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse, depending on which one you want to look at it as. But uh, that's very cool. That's awesome with getting those characters and getting even more on top of that. We're also getting King K. Rule from Donkey Kong Country as a playable character, which is another one that people have wanted for a long time. We're starting to get a lot more uh, other series outside of, like, Pokemon, Super Mario, Fire Emblem. That's getting a lot of representation there. Even though we also got the announcement of Krom from Fire Emblem Awakening being included in the roster this time as an Echo Fighter. So it's, uh, again... It's a lot of different stuff to get excited about with this game. We're not even close to the release of it yet. We still got months to go. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get another Nintendo Direct that gives us even more surprises because uh, there was some stuff that they said that they weren't going to talk about now that we're still waiting on, including uh, an extra mode that they never really revealed. But it's already being said in a bunch of different places that this is going to be a single-player adventure mode or at least something like along the lines of like Smash Run. A lot of people are hoping it's like the subspace uh, emissary from Smash Brothers Brawl from back in the day, if you guys don't know what that is, that was basically a single-player adventure mode for people. So there's a lot of cool stuff. There was also some other details about multiplayer features, you know, new modes. Uh, Basically, it's like a team battle mode. They call it squad battle or squad strike, something along those lines. And uh, again, I'm excited. This is is very cool. Having played the game at E3 and knowing that all this extra stuff is coming, this is going to be awesome.
1: I agree. So... Yeah, definitely, definitely big news. So I have a question for Gary now in regards to this game. So Gary, now that you've heard all of this news about Smash Brothers, are you now considering getting a Nintendo Switch or no, this is still not enough for you to pick up a Switch?
2: Uh, I'm not really much of a Smash person anyway, so... Uh, oh! You know, uh, oh. It, it seems cool, though, because like, I know a lot of people do you know, follow that game. They watch it or they play it, and everything. I know it has a big audience, so you know it's cool that there's so many characters in it now and stuff like that. But it's not something that particularly interests me or would make me buy a Switch. But I am interested in buying a Switch for other reasons, like for other you know JRPGs and and stuff like that. So eventually, I will buy one.
1: So, so if an Overwatch games come comes to Switch, then you'll definitely pick up a Switch.
2: Oh, yeah, day one,
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, that sounds good. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the character reveals were-, were great. So, I mean, I haven't really played a switch uh, uh, Smash Brothers game in a long time. I didn't get a chance to play the E3, so I definitely do intend to play this game, see how this it goes. But, um, I mean, it's great news for fans of the game. So, looking forward to seeing whatever surprises Nintendo has in store. Uh, this game and supporting it moving forward yes all right so let's uh move on to the next topic um now this topic i want to give a shout out to uh carlos over on the throwdown because i heard from a reliable source that he is already looking into pre-ordering this uh obviously i'm talking about the 500 million ps4 pro limited edition that Sony announced earlier this week. Uh so what we do know is that it is a two terabyte hard drive. It is a transparent, a translucent uh blue casing on the system. I, I just wanted to get you you guys' thoughts on this because I took one look at the system and you know I will admit that the system looks really nice. You know, blue is my favorite color, so I'm a little biased uh, in terms of these types of things but I think the system looks nice though. I do think $500 though. Nah, I think that's going to stay at the store. For me personally but uh Gary, what did you think about this console when you uh sorry?
2: Yeah, I think this console looks beautiful. Like it looks really nice to me. Uh and it's something, you know, I would actually be proud to own. Um I'm not going to pay that money for it, but Um, it, 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 like, if you own this, you definitely should be proud of it, you know, and you should, like, keep it, you shouldn't even use it, you should keep it boxed up somewhere as, you know, just a collector's item or something like that, because it's probably going to be worth a lot of money one day, but, um, yeah, it looks really nice, um, and it, it makes, you know, like, stuff like the, uh, the Spider-Man PS4 and stuff like that, it makes those look cheap and tacky in comparison, because this just looks, like, super amazing, so... Yeah, and I like the little uh, see-through kind of effects on the, the console and the controller and everything.
1: Yeah, I so since you mentioned it, I just want to say, you know, I yeah, when I did see this, this system, I instantly thought uh, this system compared to the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 Pro was coming out. And, and yeah, I, I think after seeing this, it makes me feel as though they probably definitely could have done more with that Spider-Man uh, PlayStation 4 Pro. I mean, there's no blue in that system at all. And you know, we know Spider-Man's colors, red, red and blue. So that's a little interesting. Uh, webbing, not really any webbing on the console either. So I do wish they did more with the Spider-Man system, but I cannot deny that this, this 500 million system looks, looks really nice. But, uh, what did you think about the console, Mr. Google?
0: I think it looks pretty dope, not gonna lie. Looks pretty freaking dope as far as, like, aesthetic-wise. And, you know, having it in somebody's house, you know, along with your collection is gonna look pretty nice. But, uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes when it comes to, like, some of the other consoles, I don't go too crazy with the aesthetic of it. Because I'm, I'm just good with this the basic... Uh, console in this case being playstation 4 playstation 4 pro but i can understand the appeal of like the aesthetic with like something that just adds a new flair to it it reminds me a little bit of that translucent like nintendo consoles like back in the day like the translucent n64 or the translucent like gamecube or the Game Boy, like stuff like that again has a certain appeal and especially for people that grew up within that
1: era absolutely yes absolutely i know the video they they showed like the the little history of uh PlayStation, to the different console, that was cool, also. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I agree. The system looks nice. Um, I I don't know if I would tell anyone to go out there and get the system. I, I know it is going to be considered a collector's item. It makes me wonder when is the PlayStation Five coming? Um, 2020, I would assume, but we'll see. But um, yeah, nice console. So. <laughs> Definitely, definitely, for those that are interested, then they want it. They don't have a PlayStation 4. That's not a bad PlayStation 4 to pick up. But we'll see. So any final thoughts before we move on to our main topic for today?
0: I'm ready for the big one. I'm ready for the big one, the the most hype topic from today. Yes. one that kicks ass with a very big boot.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So, um... Of course, uh, QuakeCon 2018 is going on right now. Uh, Bethesda had a small opening uh, press conference earlier today. I did get to watch that press conference. Of course, they showed Rage 2 gameplay, which looked absolutely fantastic. Looks great. Uh, spoke a little bit more about some of the other games that they have been working on that we already know, like the Elder Scrolls, so on and so forth. Uh, didn't really talk about Starfield or any of that other stuff. Uh, but what they did talk about was. Doom Eternal. Um, we saw three gameplay demos, uh, pretty much, in that presentation. And Doom Eternal looks absolutely badass. Uh, you know, when I looked at the game, I mean, they, they the way they had the presentation where they showed the concept art, and then they talked about and went into showing you the gameplay, going back and forth. I really, really like that uh, approach to it. Uh, because I, I must admit, I was worried when they just showed the concept art that okay, where is the gameplay? But then shortly thereafter, they showed the gameplay, and the game looks fantastic. You know, we saw some new weapons. Um, they did mention it's going to be new settings for this particular game. You know, different settings than what they've done in an actual Doom game, which I think is very interesting. And it just looks fantastic. And then, of course, they at the end they spoke about there will be an option where you will be able to control. A, a creature uh, within someone else's uh, campaign as well. So a lot of that stuff, they still need to provide more details on, which of course they will. But I just want to get you guys initial impressions based on what we saw today in terms of the gameplay because there was a lot a lot of footage that they showed. So uh, Mr. Google how about you start us off?
0: Uh, yeah, I think it looks dope. Doom Eternal looks pretty kick-ass. Uh, and again... This is coming off because I'm a little biased towards Doom. Again, back in the day when the first game first came out, uh, I did the guide for it on IGN, so, and I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with Doom, and I think a lot of people do, you guys included, uh, playing Doom. It's just fun to do so. Uh, I liked what I saw. I, I got a chance to, before we recorded the show, to look at the trailer, uh, really see like what was up, and it looks great. And from little details I'm hearing all over the place, uh, it's coming to Switch on the same day. And from my understanding, from what people have been saying, it looks pretty damn good on Switch, or at least, you know, what people are going to say that, or saying that it's going to look pretty damn good on Switch because one of the things that uh, for the Doom, for Doom on the, the, the Nintendo Switch, the, that version of the game had to be dialed back a little bit because obviously the Switch is not as powerful as the PlayStation 4, or the PC, or the Xbox One. But uh again, you can't you can't go wrong with a game as well built and solid as Doom on a portable console like this. And I think a lot of people are probably gonna pick up Doom on the Switch on day one. And watch that. The, the two best selling versions of that game, I'm pretty sure. It's either gonna be Doom on the PC or Doom on the Switch.
1: I think I think that is definitely possible because, you know, it seems like a lot of games that have been releasing on Switch. Especially if it's a Nintendo first party, it's like it, it does it extremely well in sales. Uh, so, yeah, I think that is 100% possible for that to happen. Um, how about you, Gary? What were your thoughts on the uh, Doom Eternal gameplay?
2: Yeah, um, I'm not someone who's like heavily invested in Doom, but I recognize that you know that, that last game that came out, that was really good. Uh, I did play it briefly. And um, looking at this one, it looks pretty impressive. Like, I like the uh the fast and frantic gameplay like you know it's very uh fast paced and chaotic and um i like how there's a variety of different demons and stuff that you will kill in in a number of different ways and everything but the feature that has me really like wow is you know the whole um having demons invade your game like real players come into your campaign so you could be playing single campaign. And then, you know, uh, an actual player enters your session and plays as a demon and you have to kill them, you know, instead of the AI and stuff like that. Like that, to me, is something amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Something amazing. And I think that this is something we might see more and more of in future games too, especially if they do a great job with it. Because I'm, I'm hoping that um, they're going to be able to implement this and have it perform really well so that it there's no slowdown or anything when someone's connecting to your game and stuff if it's all seamless and it works you know fluidly i think that could be very game changing and you know we we could start to see that in more single player campaigns in other games like you know imagine you're playing uh, a, don't know like call of duty or something single player campaign and and somebody just jumps into your game and they're in the the, they're on the opposite army or something like that you know and you have to kill them or um i mean there's so many different games you could apply it to you know um uh, one of the like because i remember thinking about this like when uh around the time the dreamcast came out i would still play streets of rage a lot because that's like my favorite game of all time and um i always had this dream of imagine if i'm playing streets of rage and then another player just comes into the game and starts controlling you know uh, one of the the other characters and stuff like one of the street punks or the the boss or something like that like you know that was always like something i dreamed of back then so to see something like this happen it's like wow like you know this is actually possible now like you could be playing a single player game and, and an actual player comes into your game as one of the, the characters, you know, and, and uh, you have to kind of kill kill each other. And I find that really cool. So um, I think if they do a great job with that, that's that's probably a feature that can be, you know, implemented in a lot of other stuff.
1: Well, yeah, I, I definitely agree that it, it could be a, a game-changing feature. Um, as you said, we, we have to see how they implement it, you know, because what I saw in the video, it was very brief. So I, um, I didn't really get a chance to really get a feel to, to see that. But, you know, obviously they'll, they'll go into more detail and explain a lot, a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, the game looks fantastic. I think uh, it was well worth the wait when they said that there was going to be gameplay at QuakeCon. And I, I think they delivered on that. Uh, one other quick thing I did want to mention for those that haven't played Doom yet uh, and you have an Xbox One, uh, they actually also announced that in Game Pass, Doom is available there today, along with Rage. Um, so, that's a nice little incentive, and I know back at E3, they announced that Fallout 4 is also on Game Pass, so Bethesda doing some great things with their relationship with uh, Microsoft, so um, I gotta give them props on that. But, um, one uh, final question I did want to ask, related to this, um, so, as I've already mentioned, they did show Rage 2 gameplay. Uh, that looked awesome. Um, we do know that Bethesda is also working on another game called Starfield. Obviously, we haven't seen anything from Starfield yet. But I just wanted to get a quick question and ask you guys. So, in terms of the Bethesda titles that we know about already and for so far, for 2019... Would you say that Doom you think is easily, easily the most anticipated Bethesda game so far, more so than Rage 2, or do you think it's too hard to tell that?
2: For, for next year specifically, right?
1: Yeah, because for, 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 we don't know if Starfield is coming out next year. I, I think that game may be a little bit later than 2019, but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, just based on what we know so far, if you had to make a guess, do you think Doom is definitely the game of all of their games coming out next year that is the one that's most anticipated.
2: Yeah, I, I would definitely put Doom slightly above Rage 2 because Rage 2, you know the first game, it was cool and everything and people recognize it from a technical standpoint, but I don't think it, you know, it it got that uh, that brand recognition, this the same brand recognition as Doom um, and people like the last Doom game was really well received, so I think more people will be anticipating Doom Eternal than uh, Rage Two. So yeah, that that's definitely one of the you know uh, most anticipated titles of next year for sure. Like that, that's probably at the top of the pile.
1: Uh, I I agree with that. I also would say the fact that Doom is coming to Switch because. We know Rage 2, as of right now, there is no announcement of that coming to the Switch, so um, yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, how about you, Mr. Lulo? I thought,
0: I thought it looked cool when we saw it at E3. Why not? I didn't really get to see any of the other newer stuff outside of Doom thus far, but again, I can't wait to see it, see, see how everybody reacts to it, because people seem generally excited.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see, but, um, Hands down, uh yeah, Doom Eternal looked awesome. Definitely looking forward to finding out more information. Uh 2019 is I guess the release date. I mean, it's not coming out this year. I know that much. But uh hopefully we will get a confirmed release date later this year, you know, it may show up at the Game Awards, you never know. That that type of deal. But um yeah. QuakeCon, for those that are there, you know, I hope they have a fun time. It should be a good show. I don't know what else is there playable. But um, yeah, that was a hell of a way to kick off the show, so I gotta give him props on that. So um, any final thoughts before we uh get ready to wrap up today's show?
2: No, I just hope uh, I just hope all the developers are making note of that feature because I really want to see it in more games. Um, and oh, and one of the, one of the things I want to say as well about that feature you know where you can invade other players games that means you always have to be connected to the internet as well uh which can probably cause a lot of uh, issues and i'm sure a lot of people uh they they want to be able to enjoy single player you know without they said you could
0: turn that off though that i know they said that you could turn it off but i mean even yeah, that's,
2: then that's what I was, gonna say, it's
0: I was good saying. to have the option though
2: it, that, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, like, if if other uh, developers do add it, I hope they do allow you to turn it off too, because there have been games that are always online, and then when your connection cuts, you just can't play the game. Period. So, I hope that if if people do take that feature, they understand that it should be an option. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much it from me.
1: Sounds good. Yes. So, uh. We thank you all for tuning in to today's show. Um, we will definitely be recording a new episode every Friday, so stay tuned for that. But uh, if there are any final shout-outs that you guys want to give, uh, now is definitely the time. So, Mr. Google, do you have any shout-outs that you want to give?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, again, shout out to everybody checking out the show now. Shout out to everybody that's been reading all the posts and the reviews and the op-ed stuff that we've been putting up on the website. I know if you guys haven't already, I'll, I'll let you guys know that we, I have a op-ed about games, media, and content creators that's on the website right now. I know I posted it up a little bit more than a week ago, I want to say, give or take. You know, I don't remember the exact date, but it's on the website right now, and I highly suggest that you guys read it. I recommend that you guys check it out. Uh, it's got a lot of thoughts that have been, you know, kind of cooking up in my mind a little bit about being part of games media, being a content creator, and doing all this different stuff in the relationship between the two. And I feel like it, it has a lot of good positive stuff that people should really check it out. There's a lot of food for thought in there that I highly recommend uh, you check it out. Uh, but also, I want to give uh, shout-outs to a couple of other places. Uh, Shout-out to Snakebite, because they sent me some stuff recently that we now have. Uh, another unboxing and impressions video for you guys to check out. Shout-out to the Pokemon Company for the same thing. We They just sent me over the, the recent Pokemon TCG uh, card set that went up on the website uh, and the YouTube channel for us now. That you guys should definitely check out, especially if you're into Pokemon or even just into collectibles like that. We try to provide at least a good variety of different stuff that we have on the series you know because we've been doing a lot of different things besides just tech so big shout outs to them for allowing us to do that and to check it out and stuff and again if you haven't already check out some of the other reviews that we have on the website right now we got more coming very soon for some very big games it's going to be pretty damn dope and hopefully you guys can give us some good feedback
1: absolutely yes definitely um yeah i want to give a shout out to uh all of the uh People who have been supporting us on Patreon as well as watching the show live or listening later. We actually have two giveaways going on right now. The Patreon su- uh, su- subscribers are now they are entered in for a chance to win Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. Uh, that giveaway will be ending on the 17th of, of August, so we will definitely let y'all know who the winner is soon. Uh, and we have a giveaway on the site. We're actually giving away Shinmu 1 and 2 on either PlayStation 4, Xbox One, or PC. So all you need to do to, for a chance to win is to actually go to the site, enter, and the details will be in this post as well when this goes live on the website. But yeah, just go to the website, you'll find the post, enter in for a chance to win, and good luck. Uh, thank you all for the continued support. And uh, Gary, the floor is now yours for shout outs.
2: Yep, so... Big shouts to all of our Patreon people who have continued to support us. That's M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Miguel, and Antonio Rogers. Uh, We appreciate all of you for your continued support. And shouts to everyone who joined us in chat today and everything and watching live. Uh, You know, we have moved to a new day and everything on Fridays. And I know the concern is that people are working. So, you know, we will keep uh tweaking the times that we record accordingly just to you know uh make it so that everyone can can participate when it's live and stuff uh you know it, the, the thing is i have to stay up late to to be on the show as well you know if, if we record in after work hours so that's the only thing but um i don't mind staying up a little bit late because it's friday so uh maybe next week we'll try and tweak the time a little bit just so more people can check out the, the show live and everything but um, we appreciate you all supporting the show You know, for it's it's almost been 10 years, man So we appreciate all the, the people who have continued to follow us Throughout all that time and everything And who continue to listen to the show every week uh, You know, whenever I check the, the iTunes I see people are always listening to the podcast and stuff People who probably don't even comment So big shouts to all you guys too And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it from me
1: Absolutely. One last thing I will say is, yes, we definitely will be having something for uh, our 10 year. So stay tuned for those details. And hopefully by that time, there will be this other show that I hear is in development. But um, we'll see about that, because actions speak louder than words. And on that note, we will talk to you all next week. Have a great weekend.